Slick V on the track. God is calling me. I'm in a zone. I gotta see my doctor. Scott is calling me. Scott is calling me. What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, once again, two weeks in a row, we got a very special guest this week. Yeah, I don't know what's happened where we've just kind of struck gold here. Um, and if it's, you know, playing one versus the other, hey, that's fine with me. Whatever, whatever gets these guys on. But, Jacob, you're the one who, uh, who reached out, so why don't you introduce our guest? We've got... 24-7 Sports, National Director of Recruiting, Barton Simmons, co-host of the Cover 3 podcast, and Barton and Bud. You got, you got two podcasts, man, but welcome. Too, too many. <laughs> too, too many. Which one's your favorite? Uh, well, we're still, I mean, Barton and Bud, <laughs> we're still, you know, it's year one, we're working out the yeah. kinks. Cover 3, like, oh, God, how long have you been doing this thing? I don't even know. So I've been like listening for three years. We've settled in on that one. Uh, maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe it's like a four-year-old deal. Maybe, 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 maybe it's only three. I don't know. It feels like longer. Dude, we're super excited to have you on. We'd love if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, like who you are, family, anything like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, um, Pate being on this show just <laughs> totally, you know, s- stuck in my crawl. You know, that he beat me to the show. And now you guys are sitting here trying to tell me that he has some sort of strong record against the spread. So I, I, I couldn't let that slide. I wanted to do you guys a solid before you jumped on, but then afterwards I had to kind of accelerate the process a little bit. But uh, I am excited to be here. I'm, I'm about me. I'm a, I'm a father of three. I got three girls. They're all under five. I am a Nashville native. I am a... Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I don't know, man. I just, I, I love college football. I love being around the game and I love talking shop. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just a, just kind of a normal guy. Generally over army. I mean, Oh yeah. I love those movers. Yes. Can't, you know, the, the, you know, Fernelli and chip and these guys try to suck me down into their underworld. But um, I, 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 I fashion myself a man of the people. I know that the people love to see points so I go hunting for them every weekend, and sometimes I'm in. I have to apologize. I was one of the people who responded last week and said Coastal and BYU. You gave me some of that garbage. Yeah, you. Hey, it was a. You 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 probably put it over the top. Granted, I was going to play Texas Tech Kansas if you hadn't, so it was a lose lose either way. But um, no, y'all let me down. That's all right. We'll get them this this weekend. <laughs> we'll get them this week. Well, you know, obviously, you kind of got your start. Um, you know, as as a football player at Yale. Um, which is kind of an odd combo for us. I mean, we don't know any Yale Bulldogs ourselves. So just you guys are bulldog guys, though. Oh, we're bulldogs. We're bulldogs for sure. You know, Georgia stole that that mascot from me from Yale. Like that's not even a joke. Like they they oh, yeah, well, they were the lit- Georgia goats before, and then they became the is bulldogs. Is that true? That's true. I didn't and know they had a good Georgia mascot. Tech. Georgia Tech actually had a bulldog club. They still do to this day, because um, I think they were the bulldogs initially. Everybody was stealing that Yale Bulldogs. It's deal. crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but, you know, what was like your favorite memory as a player? What do you remember most about being a college football player? Um, I mean, I loved, you know, it was awesome um, because, and like we were okay. I didn't have, we were it's like six, seven and three was my best year there. It was my freshman season. Uh, we had like a six, we had a two and 
two and uh, what would that have been? Three and six season, I think, the year after. And then we went like six and four, five and five, kind of in that range the, the last couple of years. So we were never great. We were always – but we were never as good as our talent suggests we should have been. We had three teammates got drafted over the course of my career there. Um, but – so all I have to say is like it's hard for me to pinpoint a really like favorite memory from like a game in terms of that like euph euphoria of – a last second victory or something. Um, personally, like, uh, you know, the, just the, my first start was, was a, was a fun memory because it was one of the best games of my career in terms of production. Cause they just kept attacking me because they thought I was a freshman and I couldn't, you know, wasn't going to be ready. And I, I, I was, I made some plays. So th that was fun. But I, generally like my, my memories of college and the thing I miss most about football is like, my teammates like they were awesome like we had a blast and after games in the locker room like the road trips the the two-a-days in in preseason the the summer workouts like that stuff I love like I can't I, I would do that right now I would go through two-a-days sleep in like the unair conditioned empty dorms where you kind of like bring in your 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 room fan and just like survive and <laughs> and you know someone's dropped some like disgusting huge deuce in the toilet like the communal toilet and everyone's like going and looking at it like <laughs> that sort of like just ridiculous stupid stuff like I, I would I would do that again in a heartbeat and um that that's I think that's what's fun about football is just the, the the team and 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 you know the camaraderie of it all Barton I think I get your title right right national director of recruiting that's your I mean what's the title anyways I, I, I the <laughs> Director of scouting is, I think, my official title. But even that go. is, it's, uh, you know. Um, You're the who person cares? we direct all of our anger to when you there change you rankings, right? There you go. That's, that's you, me. Okay. That's, you get it, man. Uh, the so boy. What, <laughs> what was your journey like getting to work for 24-7? How, how did that come about? Well, I, I, I was, um, so I got done playing um, and I kind of wanted to, I'd always wanted to go into either coaching or, uh, just stay around in the game, but I kind of I took a fifth year. I had this compulsion that I was like behind the eight ball professionally from all my friends because everyone else had graduated on in the normal time frame, and like I was like, all right, I got to go find a real job. And I, I went and found a real job in Washington D.C. and a real job sucks. And so <laughs> I, I was like, I got to get back around football somehow. I just got to I got to be close to it. And so uh, I'm from Nashville. Rivals.com was based out of Nashville at the time. Uh, I knew someone there, kind of got a foot in the door, got an interview, just sort of just started at a very like low level position and just kind of worked my way up, so to speak. Um, became uh, close with uh, Shannon Terry, who was the founder of Rivals and, and founded 24-7. He kind of took me over with him to, when he got 24-7 going and uh, it's kind of been, 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 been the path. It's been, uh, I mean, I've spent really most of my professional career at Rivals in 24-7, all of it for the most part, except for like nine months in D.C., which was fun, but the job sucked. That's awesome. Um, well, what would you say, I mean, obviously we do this just, you know, on the side, that kind of thing. We love like listening to what you do and, um, a lot of the things you produce, but what is your favorite or least favorite part of your job? Um, and maybe even who's the most fun to work with? My favorite part of the job, honestly, is, and, and uh, I think this is 
a new realization, but I think it is like doing the cover three pod and just, I mean, that's, it's just like talking to your buddies, um, right. you know, for well, however many hours a week we do it a lot at this point. Um, so, and I just, I just enjoyed those conversations, those interactions. They're fun. I like all three of those guys. Uh, we have a good time together. So that, that's, I think that's grown into my favorite part of the job, but, but even the, just I, I, the, the evaluation side of the recruiting game is something that I'm very passionate about and really enjoy uh, the discovery process, the, the like kind of grading of my work, learning from my mistakes. Um, that stuff is, I, I definitely dig that and, 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 and really am passionate and enjoy that. The worst part is, is uh, <laughs> I think just like, I mean, rankings days suck because it's just, <laughs> there's nothing unless like there's one player that's ranked number one in the country. There's one team that's ranked number one in the country and everyone else thinks that you are biased against them. And the rankings can't be perfect by definition. Like they're subjective and people are just it's just, I mean, it's just miserable. And I know like, uh, it's, it's I, you don't take it personal. You learn, like you get thick skin, but it's just annoying and it's just sort of a pain. Um, but it is what it is. And you know what, we get paid to do it and we'll take our beatings and we'll keep on trying to give the best explanation we can. I just don't really like, like that's the reason I like cover three is because you can have a conversation and you can sort of in, it's long form and you can include all the context and nuance you need to, to make your point right. strong and get it across as opposed to, you know, even if you like, you can write something and word it as perfectly as you want, but someone's going to steal the little tidbit or, or, or like spin it how they want to just sort of like get, get like angry and rank all rankled about it. And it's like, you know, we're just all just like out here, just like exchanging opinions and like trying to engage in conversation about this sport. Like it's not, it's nothing against you, bro, sitting on the couch somewhere. Like it's okay. So I just, the, the, the um, you know, I don't know, like the, sometimes these, like the general media climate can be a little bit, you know, irksome. Taxing. Yeah. 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 That and working with Josh Pate, right? Just like, you know, Pate is just, he's brought nothing but meathead nonsense since he arrived. Talking about all his protein shakes and working out in the office and all this stuff. He is, he, he honestly needs to just, like his physique is a little bit overboard. He needs to get back to like being a normal person. Um, but no, Pate, Pate's, Pate is actually like hilarious and fun. Yeah. And, and he's, he's been a, he's actually been an awesome addition in the 24-7. He seems that way. It was funny last week before we started recording, Jacob actually asked him, Hey man, you got a family. And he's like, yeah, I actually have a mother and a father. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that's exactly what we were asking. So <laughs> right? We won't ask that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our, our bad job. <laughs> well, we got, we got an ever changing week this week of games that we've already changed four games out today, but we're going to pick seven games. Daniel, what's a game that we're not picking you're excited to watch this week? Yeah, so, I mean, for me, I think it's – I've been – I tried to get it – you know, we canceled four games. Well, we didn't cancel four games. We had to adjust four <laughs> yeah, games on the fly. Uh, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, 
Ohio State, Michigan, Purdue, Indiana, which was our replacement for I for Ohio State, Michigan, and then Cincinnati, Cincinnati Tulsa. Tulsa. It's like, <laughs> all right, well, awesome. So these games are all canceled. Um, I kept texting you and saying, hey, what about Utah, Colorado? Utah, Colorado looks pretty cool, man. Let's do that. Um, and then you just kept soaring right by it, and we still aren't picking it. So I guess that's the game I'm going to be watching. Um, you know, I know we call it like Tuesday night maction, but like, is this like Friday night paction? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, Carl Durrell, like right? I We need to get somebody on the phone right now. But Carl Durrell, I mean, for the job he's doing, for how little he – you know, time he's had and like the expectations were in the basement. He's four and oh, like what's going on? Uh, Jarek Broussard, their running back. I mean, 183 yards per game and 6.37 yards per carry. I mean, he's having a great year. Um, and then, you know, I'm just interested to see how Jake Bentley finishes out his career. Well, I say finishes out, he gets an extra, you know, mulligan year if he wants to come back, but interested to see if he can move that Utah offense any, but that'll be a fun one on Friday night. It might well, be time were. for Jake Bentley. It might be. I think the clock's run out on him. He's yeah. been a, it's a good little run, but it's, you know what? We may have seen enough Jake Bentley snaps. Well, he uh, classified early, so maybe, just maybe. Yeah, but you know the extra- thing about that is he was like <laughs> – everyone was like, oh, he skipped his whole senior year in high school. It's like, well, he was like 19. Like he was he – he, he actually – I think he skipped a year – back in fifth grade or something and he was just taking that year back to get back to college um so i had to cram a little bit this was the one that i didn't really prepare for coming in and have an answer but i i i kind of scrolled the slate and i'm kind of interested we don't have auburn mississippi state in our picks do we no no i'm kind of interested in that one because suddenly the the auburn message boards are alight with uh the, the 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 rumors of Gus Malzahn and the hot seat. I know that's yearly, and probably Auburn beats Mississippi State, and it's it's nothing's changed and no big deal, and it's just another false alarm. But I mean that defense for Mississippi State is pretty salty, and that offense is I don't know maybe they're finally starting to click a little bit and uh, getting maybe healthy from the COVID stuff. I don't know something to watch. Maybe maybe if Mississippi State makes a play there. It could be could be some more fireworks in the carousel. You were one of the first to the Will Rogers table, weren't you? Yeah, kind of. I just I, I really just followed the um, you know, they're, they're all the sort of spring, summer. Maybe it was his preseason. I guess. I guess it was his preseason buzz uh, that yeah. like yeah. Uh, KJ Costello hadn't like won the job yet, and I knew that that was kind of talk to a certain degree. But Will Rogers was a guy that Mike Leach offered when he was at Washington State and Will Rogers was in Mississippi, like that, that strikes me as being a guy that he was going to believe in and give a shot to. And um, he's been all right. Surprised you didn't say Buffalo and Akron. Your Buffalo about it, but that's going to be, that's, you know, I think Buffalo's <laughs> going to put it on him. I, mean, I don't even <laughs> yeah. know what the line is there. It's big. 32 sure. and a half. Lay it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Lay uh, I have a cl- another classic uh, wrong team favorite, I think. Louisville and Wake. Oh yeah. Louisville's a one and a half point favorite. That I'm with you. That seems that seems wrong to me. Just see Tutu Atwell opted out. Yes, I did see that earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially with everything going on with Scott Satterfield this week, I'm just like, 
Louisville's a favorite against Wake Forest, who's been surprisingly pretty good this year. Yeah. Wrong, wrong team favorite there. I'm but with, you. with with those kind of games, uh, it just scares me because Vegas is like that. They're good at their job. I'll say that. But Vegas is the only one that has any idea what the ACC is about. So they, <laughs> right. they know, you know. Let's get into let's get into our seven games we're picking. We got one at noon. This is one of the ones we had to we had to add in. We got the Georgia Bulldogs going on the road to Columbia, Missouri. The dogs are thirteen point favorites on the road against the Missouri team that. I wrote the question down to say, is Missouri the fifth best team in the SEC? And based on the rankings this week, they are, that just came out. But what do you guys think? Missouri the fifth best team in the SEC? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely um, they're playing just, like it these past few weeks. Does that put them above like – like uh, I guess it does. It would put them above like Auburn? Yeah. yeah I'm saying like not Bama, Florida, A&M, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, I mean, shoot, I don't know. Yeah, they may be. Maybe. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Ole Miss offense, you know, that, that just gives a lot of it's, – it's a sexier pick. But, yeah, I mean, this one, um, Missouri – okay, so we – you know, me and you were going back and forth on which games to pick, and we were like, ah, yeah, Georgia-Missouri, I don't know. And then we kind of came back to it and said, well, actually, that's a pretty good game, uh, especially compared to the slate that keeps disappearing on us. So um, definitely excited to watch this game. I think that Georgia is kind of in a place where they just want a game badly. They wanted that game last week with Vanderbilt, and it not happening, I think, really kind of stuck in the craw of a lot of players. I think they've been practicing hard this week. Um, and I guess the good news also with, you know, potentially missing a game is – if they are able to make it up, some of these other, you know, seniors and players who may be going pro might actually get to play. Like Richard LeCount, uh, he's been practicing this week. Um, Kendall Milton's been practicing. Same with um, Jordan Davis. So I think getting them back, even if it's in a limited role, will give, you know, kind of a boost to the team. Um, obviously, ever since JT Daniels has been in, this offense has been uh, different. Um the, just the threat of the throw, the, you know, the downfield pass has made the offense explosive um, in both phases. Um, it's amazing what a quarterback will do to hide, uh, you know, any deficiencies you may have defensively with guys out, different things like that. Um, and, you know, level, you know, the uh, opponent has changed. Georgia's not playing. They, had, they hadn't played a, a top team recently. Um, so, that's that's probably factoring in, but I like Georgia in this. They only have to win by two touchdowns. It's a 13-point spread. Um, I think Georgia, you know, on the road, I think Georgia may play them close to start with, but, you know, they'll keep coming. I think they're going to cover the 13-point spread. Pardon? Yeah, I don't know if I'm overthinking this one, but I'm playing uh, – I'm taking the other side here. I'm going to go Missouri. I think – I mean, it's a it's an early kick – it's in Columbia. It's, I mean, yeah, like the AD wanted to play the game last week against Vandy. Did the players really care? Maybe they did. Not, Senior I don't day. know. Right. I guess they want, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take that. But it's not senior day this week. You know, this is a road game now. And, um, you know, a bunch of these guys are announcing for the senior bowl and, 
starting to count the, that, the, the, that agent money that's waiting for them. Um, I, I just feel like this is, uh, and again, like I think it was, we, we're at this game, as we reach this game, Georgia is, is sort of, I don't know, they're kind of underwhelming me a little bit. They, they, they've got two losses on the year. Um, and, and yet, like, they're sitting there in the top 10 of the college ball playoffs. I just don't know if I think they're a top 10 team. And I think Missouri is going to be motivated here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm testing it out, right? Because we'll have to make this pick later in the week, probably. I'm going to see how it feels to say Missouri plus 13 here with you guys. And y'all can, y'all can decide if I'm wrong. So, Missouri has been a surprise to me this year. I, I wasn't super high on Eli Drinkwitz coming in. Uh, just because, like, I mean, he spent, what, one year at App State, right, mm-hmm. after uh, Satterfield yep, left? left. So, it, it was like, okay, that was kind of Satterfield's team. Y'all had a good year, but, like, all right. Like, you know, I wasn't too high on it. But he, he's made this team fun. I mean, um, Connor ba- ba- Basilek, is that how you say his last name? Basilek? He uh, put in 70% of his passes, Larry Roundtree averaging six yards a carry. But I, the Georgia offense has woken up the past few weeks. Uh, over the last two, day, two games since JT Daniels took over, they're averaging 7.2 yards per play against a Missouri defense that, I mean, we saw what Arkansas did with a backup quarterback last week, dropping 48. So, I mean, I think both teams can score. Georgia's defense, while they haven't been what Georgia wanted to be on defense this year, if they're getting guys back this week, I think they can make Missouri one-dimensional. I think they can shut down the run game. The Georgia pass defense has been suspect, but I'll take a turnover here to have Georgia cover. I think they won by 14 in this game. I wrote down 34-20 Georgia. So I think Georgia covers the 13 points. This offense has just been different with JT Daniels since he took over at quarterback. So I'll, I like Georgia to, to lay the 13 here. I'll stay officially with Missouri plus 13, but I think you guys might have talked me into just at least staying away from my locks picks later this week. Hey, we just talked Barton out of a lock. That's I don't, <laughs> we'll I don't know if it was ever going to be locked, <laughs> but I don't, I'm not, well, now I'm not even going to consider it. Well, you know, there's crosswinds, so I'm sure it's going to be eligible for a, a wonder from uh, Sir – Tom Fernelli. So. Don't buy that weather nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> we got a uh, let's go to the Big Twelve. We got Oklahoma, who's playing in the Big Twelve championship and gotten really hot towards the towards the second half of the season, going on the road against West Virginia. West Virginia, a thirteen and a half point home underdog against the Sooners. Daniel, where are you going with this one? Yeah, it's amazing because this one was canceled a couple weeks ago or postponed till this week. Um, it was a 10 and a half point spread then. So, you know, just kind of using my context clues, obviously we think more of Oklahoma now or less of West Virginia after the shellacking last week. I was high on West Virginia last week against Iowa State. I thought they could make, um, make Iowa State one, one dimensional. Um, and I didn't think that Iowa State could, could keep their, you know, pass game going to be able to, to stay with. Uh, West Virginia, I was dead wrong. Um, Oklahoma kind of had an underwhelming win last week against Baylor, uh, only by a couple scores. I think it was like 27-14. Um, I, I could see it kind of playing out that way in this game. Um, I could definitely see them, especially not necessarily, quote-unquote, looking ahead, but they've punched their ticket 
they're not all the way out of the playoff contention. They are, but they're not, you know, in their mind, they're still saying they're not. So I do think they're going to be motivated. Um, I'm going to take Oklahoma to cover because it's only a two touchdown game. I would feel foolish if I took West Virginia again after last week. Uh, I think that, I think Oklahoma probably leads them for most of the game and then it's going to be a late cover or something, or they might blow them out. I'm not sure, but give me the Sooners laying 13 and a half. Barton. Yeah. So I acknowledge that, you know, I'm trying to be the pro by playing the Missouri line against Georgia. I think the, the, you know, the Joe line is, is taking Georgia laying those points. I think the Joe line is, is taking Oklahoma laying those points here. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the Joe, play the part of the Joe here on this one. I, I just think Oklahoma's too good. I think that uh, I, I mean I don't think West Virginia is gonna be able to score enough, and I know that defense is capable, but I think we saw Oklahoma's sort of letdown showing last week against Baylor. I think that they still feel like they've got to they've got to produce. They've got to put a resume together. Uh, they got to run up the score if they can. And I don't know if they'll be able to run up the score, but I think getting it beyond two touchdowns is, isn't asking a whole lot. I think Oklahoma is, is pretty dang good right now. What y'all feel on Iowa state and Oklahoma next week? Who do you think is better right now? Oklahoma or Iowa state? I think Oklahoma. I, oh, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. I'm going to have to, but I mean, a ab- about even one. like they're, they're comparable. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So I, I, I just pulled up the box score from last week from West Virginia and Iowa State, and it is uh, it's beautiful if you're a cyclone. <laughs> I mean, they, they, yeah, they beat them in every facet of the game. I mean, total yards was double. Like they held West Virginia to 54 rushing yards. Uh, Iowa State had a very balanced attack, which Oklahoma is more than capable of on offense. But the surprise this year has been Oklahoma's defense. Alex Grinch has done such a great job in year two. Uh, they actually ranked better than Iowa State in both opponent yards per play and total defense this season. And then I, my question is, is the motivation there? And, Daniel, I agree. I think that if you're Lincoln Riley, you're telling your team that there's still an outshot shot you're going to go to the playoff. Because if, if you go run it up against Iowa State next week after a beat down to West Virginia this week and Notre Dame beats Clemson a second time, I mean, you start to have conversation of – who, you know, who do you not want to play? And Oklahoma's going to be one of those teams. Like, yeah. you're not going to want to play at the end of the season. So, I will lay the points with Oklahoma here. I, th- I think the motivation's there. Oklahoma, I-, I agree with you, Barton. The letdown spot was last week. And West Virginia's probably limping into this game after the, the beatdown they took against Iowa State last week. So, I'll leave 13 and a half with Oklahoma. Sooners went big in this one. A game we, we typically don't get to pick with other games going on during the week. But here we are, 2020, Army-Navy just kind of gets lost in the, in the games this week. It was a late addition by us. But, hey, Army and Navy, Service Academy under. But we got Army as a six-and-a-half point. I get, they're at home, but, right. you know, so home favorite against Navy. Daniel. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, and this is one of those where I was – thinking they're never they're never in the midst of a slate they're you know at 2:30 by themselves on CBS Gary Danielson Brad Nessler used to be you know with Olvern um but you know and they would always the only thing they'd be going up against is like high school state championships so I'd have like 
one screen with like the high school state championships going on. The other one would be army Navy. So it is weird that they're kind of shuffled in here. It feels weird picking this game. Um, Cause I'm picking against America. I'm picking for America, but you know, um, so we'll see. I think if this game wasn't a rivalry, I think army would probably be a bigger favorite. I think army is the better team. You look at their defense, they're uh, um, a significantly better defense, I think, than what Navy's bringing out. Um, offenses are comparable. I mean, they're both triple option uh, standard there. But um, I think Army would probably be closer to a 10-point favorite if this wasn't like the, each each of their Super Bowl. Um, so I'm going to lay the points. Army's only got to cover six and a half. It's just a touchdown. Um, you know, Jeff Munkin, he's kind of changed how this – this rivalry has gone. Um, and the, except for last year, last year was kind of the exception. It was 31 to seven Navy after, you know, army rattling off three in a row. And like you said, Jacob, this is a home game for army It's the first time it's been a home game for them since 1943. Um, this game has been in Philadelphia uh, most of the time. So definitely, um, definitely interesting to see any dynamics that might change that. So, I think there's going to be too much in Army's favor. So give me Army, lay the six and a half. Pardon? Oh, man, I just I, – I feel Tate's five and two record breathing down my neck right now, and I'm so scared to pick wrong. I have Army written down on the card. I agree with everything that you said. Army's got a better defense. I think Army is probably a team that – you know, it's it's just a better team, and it's, the resume looks a little better this year, even though they hadn't really played anybody worth anything. But just in the interest of uh, trying to make sure I, I find the zig when everyone else is zagging, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna go Navy here. Bet on the rivalry elements. Uh, you know, bet on the underdog. Bet on America. Give me the midshipmen. For your sake, I really do hope you beat Josh Pate. But I know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm laying Army here. I, they're just better than Navy this year. Navy's defense has given up over 400 yards a game. Uh, they're giving up over like 6.6 yards for play, which ranks 98th in the country. Uh, Army ranks 27th in that same category. Navy's offense ranks 116th in the country in yards per play. Navy's success rate on offense ranks 120th in the country. Success rate on defense ranks 75th in the country. Navy's just not very good. Army's better. It's only a touchdown. And it scares me because, yes, it's a rivalry. Yes, it'll be a very low-scoring game, and every possession will matter. But if it's only a touchdown, I'll take Army one by a touchdown. I like the six and a half. If it was a seven, it would scare me a little bit more. But I write down 20 to 10, Army, heavy on the under, but – I mean, they're, they're, they they got to be a touchdown better than Navy, <laughs> like based on what we've seen. But, hey, I hope you're right for the sake of beating Josh. <laughs> uh, we, got, we got a fun, what should be an ACC Coastal matchup. And, I mean, as an official ACC Coastal podcast, this is, this is what we've been waiting on all year. This should be playing for, you know, the ACC championship. This should be an ACC championship playing game. But – Notre Dame had to come crash the party this year. We've got Miami hosting North Carolina. Miami, a three-point favorite. They've been sneaky good this year and not been talked about with only one loss. Yeah, it gets me nervous because I feel like every time we don't talk about Miami, like we forget about them other playing Duke 
they win 48 to nothing. Then we bring them over into the limelight and then they get kind of exposed because it's usually a bigger game. Um, obviously, this is a great QB matchup, which it, in and of itself is just lends yourself to, hey, let's get eyes on this game. Let's watch Derek King and Sam Howell mix it up. Um, you know, I definitely think that uh, Miami – I think Miami defense is better. Um, I think it starts on the defensive line. I think they're definitely um, just more battle-tested. Um, and I think they just got more dudes there. But, uh, you, you know – on the flip side, I mean, UNC, their offense is just balanced. Like, it's, you know, for everything that we think of Sam Howell, I mean, that run game has been strong this year. Um, I definitely believe in that. I think that they're going to be able to have, you know, kind of both things working. Um, I kind of had to take a step back and think about it. Miami O-line worries the heck out of me because I feel like anytime I get to watching Miami – they, you know, Derek King's like running for his life. I know that one of the main ones I watched was Clemson. So, you know, I'm, I know Clemson does that to a lot of people, but Miami, I feel like just has, they really cover up that offensive line in this offense. I'm going to take Miami though. Lay the three. <laughs> lay the, all that. And you're going to lay the points. <laughs> it's only three. If it was seven, the other way, but three, let's do it. Barton. So I feel like Miami, the, the Miami experience is a constant state of either overhyping or underestimating. Like it's just, there, there is no in between. You can't just be satisfied with what Miami is. Oh, like they're a good nine and one or eight and one team. Like, and that's just who they are. No, it's always got to be like, I don't know. They're due. They're eight and one and they're due to lose or they're eight and one. And they're, they're, they're overhyped. And like, and, and, and like yet that the reality is like that's what they are like they they've survived to get day and one they had a they, they had a strong win last week against duke but ultimately they have had a few close calls along the way here and ultimately i'm just not sure this team is good enough to only lose to clemson all year long north carolina is coming off that um Notre Dame lost. What are we? We're two weeks away from that, I guess. Yeah, this um, was Western Carolina last, last week. Oh yeah, it was yeah, two weeks West, ago. Western Carolina last week. So they got their, they licked their wounds a little bit. Got back, got back on the on the straight and narrow. I, I think North Carolina pulls the upset here. I'm gonna go with the Tar Heels. This would be my lock of the week. Well, this or one other game on here. This I would put on the card. Yeah, I'm I'm going Tar Heels here. Uh, Miami has been, yeah, like they've been good this year. Like you said, like they, they, they've been a good football team. Derek King has been a great fit in the Rhett Lashley offense. Uh, it's, it's worked for Miami, but I can't ignore, like you said, Barton, the close games they've had And North Carolina has had some close games and they've, and they've lost those games. And so the, the records look different because the close games Carolina's played in, they've lost and Miami squeaked out the wins. And so these are two teams that, I mean, the point spread's three. So, obviously, they're about even. The records don't show that these teams are even. But I think Carolina pulls the upset here. Carolina's just got too many playmakers. But, I mean, between Sam Howell, Javante Williams, Daz Newsom, um, I mean, the offense is going to be too much. I think that North Carolina is going to be able to attack Miami's defense the way that Clemson did, where it's just going to be too much in the second half. 
because um, my Miami's defense has been the strength of that team, despite the numbers that Derek King has put up this year. And when the pass game and the run game are clicking, it's really hard to defend both. And so I like Carolina to win the game straight up, like 38-35. I think it's a close game. It'll be a fun game to watch this weekend. But I will take the points with the Tar Heels on this one. Is it crazy to use the chaos principle for a favorite? Because that's where I – that's really – when I was diving into this, I felt like I was picking an underdog when right. I picked Miami. But I was like, you know what? Let's just roll with it. I feel it. So, Yeah, Barton, our, our, our chaos principle, it's funny because Chip started doing it as we were doing it, except it's his, like, wouldn't it be hilarious right. <laughs> right. if this happened? It's worked a couple times this year. That was our uh, – like, we picked Indiana to beat Penn State. Oh, yeah. We're Straight all up. We, we were just like, really, you know what? That, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> so. Hey, it's a strong principle. You find it, you hit it right, and, uh, and, and, and you can come off looking good. Right. Uh, let's go to the Big Ten. This one was supposed to be a ranked unranked matchup. Wisconsin's lost a couple now, but Iowa hosting Wisconsin. Iowa's the ranked team, but Wisconsin's the favorite. We got it at one and a half points. It's come down from that since. But one and a half points on the road against Iowa. Daniel. I mean, you got on me a few weeks ago when I, you know, I picked Northwestern with the points against Wisconsin, you know, since I've been the flag waver for Graham Mertz since he arrived in Madison. Um, I'm definitely trying to get back to that place. The offense has been the problem, even though I have full faith in Graham Mertz to really elevate this program. Um, This has just been a weird year. COVID, I mean, okay, it's an excuse for everybody. So that's not what I'm saying. But the fact that they haven't played the games in order, you know, their stuff keeps getting changed up, guys are missing, you know, this, that, and the other. You know, it it affects some teams more than others because some teams can control it a little bit better as far as, you know, their protocols and whatnot. Uh, so I think that that's affected Wisconsin. It hadn't affected the defense. The defense has been fantastic. You know, you and I were talking before we got on, Jacob, and I I was making an argument. Wisconsin, you know, if they had the games this year to prove it, this could be the best defense in the nation. Um, I know that the teams they've played, it may not necessarily lend to, uh, you know, you being able to make that strong argument with a resume other than, you know, the stats themselves. But I definitely believe in this Wisconsin defense. I think they're going to keep Iowa at bay. And I'm feeling another Mertz game breaking on. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to have a big day. I only have to lay one and a half points. It's basically a pick em. Yeah, give me the Badgers. Barton? At first glance, my, my blink reaction to this was, oh, Iowa. Like, I was – They've just been so solid. They've been a better team. They've, they, they, this is a team that, you know, barring a couple close losses early in the year. I mean, there's a, there's a world where I was sitting here undefeated and um, I dug into the numbers a little bit. And I mean, obviously they're so similar in terms of their uh, efficiency on offense, but their lack of explosiveness. They're just, they're just offenses that just, just, absolutely embrace the idea of not coming up with big plays like they want nothing to do with it and and yet defensively just in terms of like the advanced analytics stuff like it just I was just better on defense 
And so with that edge, I decided, yeah, okay, one and a half points, basically picking Wisconsin to win, I'll take it. So give me the Badgers. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm taking Wisconsin too. I'm with you, Barden. I, I, I looked at this and I said, yeah, Iowa. Like I'm, I'm going to take the points here. It's a close game. I did a little bit of a stat dive, and they're very similar. Like explosiveness, they're the same. Like they're the same yards for play. Wisconsin's defense a little bit better at limiting explosiveness, but very similar. Uh, what jumped off the page, though, was Wisconsin's defense ranks first in the country in both success rate um, and DPA. And so, like that, like, that defense is really, really good. And in a close game, I'll also put my money on the better quarterback and Gray Merch, the better quarterback. So, basically, I pick him here. Picking Wisconsin to win, I, they are the better team. They haven't shown it the past couple of weeks. I like a good get-right game for Wisconsin here. Like 24-20, just a classic Big Ten low-scoring match. <laughs> if, if you love defense, this will be a great game to watch on Saturday. <laughs> What's the total uh, on this game? Ooh. You know? Who do you think we are, Fornelli? Come on now. <laughs> We just have yeah, I don't know how he has like 18 sports books pulled up right in front of him. Uh, puts you um, on the spot there. Let me see if I can find it. No, no, no you're good. Oh, we're going to uh, find it. Dunk on it. 42 and a half. Oh, yeah. Sexy. I got 41 and a half. <laughs> yeah, I got 41 and a half right here, too. On the CBS Sports app. That's right. Oh, I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 42 and a half, and that, that's not going to be one of the, uh, the overs that I flirt with this weekend, for sure. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. <laughs> Uh, let's go to the West Coast, West Coast, Best Coast, where, you know, the playoff Trojans are uh, are on the road against UCLA. UCLA, three-point home dog against USC. Daniel. You know, the only – this is probably the one thing that's annoyed me the most with COVID is that we didn't get a full year to see – a full regular year to see Oregon and uh, USC play out like we expected it to. Obviously, Oregon has already fell flat on their face, but USC, I mean, there's some games they could have lost where maybe Clay Hilton got fired or, shoot, they could have actually made the playoff. There's still a chance. There's still a chance. But, you know, this game, there's – yeah, No chance. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling me there's not a chance. Um, So, UCLA, I mean, this game, it should mean more than it does, I feel like. Um, I mean, I don't don't live – in Southern California, I don't, you know, have my finger on the pulse of, of this rivalry, but it just seems like um, it just seems like an afterthought at this point. I think uh, when these teams are good, it's important. When it's not, it's not. So, I mean, Dorian Thompson Robinson, I mean, he's he's fun to watch. He's interesting. Um, I definitely think he's a playmaker, but you know, I mean, Keaton Slovis is just he's a stud. So I just it's only three points. Um, if I had to, if I had to be on the hook for anything more with USC, I'd be a little nervous. I mean, Jacob, these are your playoff Trojans. They are not my playoff Trojans. Um, but Keaton Slovis, man, I mean, the dude can sling it. Um, I think that they are never going to – I think this is a must win for them if they're going to – there's no shot. But if there's going to be a shot <laughs> – this is this is a must win. So I mean, if they're going to win, why not win by more than three? So USC laid the three. Jacob, Pardon? you got sucked into the siren song of USC. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a year off of you. Playoff run. So 
pre-COVID, I thought – I didn't pick them in the playoff, but I picked them in the Pac-12. But I thought they were going to have two losses, so it was going to be too little too late. Dan- Daniel was on Oregon. I was on USC. I'm looking good so far in this four-game season for the Pac-12. Yeah, excellent. Excellent so far. I've already had two losses. <laughs> so th- this line – uh, was a little startling. Is this line right? Like, this is accurate, I guess? Like, this is up to date? Well, we're not can, a sports book, but I think it's... Let me... Uh, I mean, I, I guess it I... It still says three. It still says three. Yeah. I I just, three and I a half is what it opened at. I would have expected this to be more like six, six and a half or something. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, because, you know, we just watched USC ha- play their best game of the season. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sort of read the tea leaves here and realize that this is a sort of a spooky, stinky line. And I'm going to remind myself how pathetic USC looked those first two games of the year. And I'm going to, I'm going to drum up a little belief in Chip Kelly, UCLA, the bamboo he's growing in Westwood, and I'm going to say UCLA plus three. Let's go. Barton, I know that you're probably just hurt because USC, you've been hurt by USC. I have been, right? been like, burned a lot <laughs> annually, basically. <laughs> and I understand the first two games, but I have some good reasoning behind the slow start to my playoff Trojans. What you got? First and foremost, 9 a.m. kickoff. So, so we interviewed, and I know you know this, you played football, but we had on a former, uh, a former Georgia player who I work with, Chris Burnett, and I was asking him, like, hey, what's, what's prep like for a game day? Like, how early are you starting to get ready for the games? We were talking about, you know, week one Pac-12. Like, we took Arizona State because it was, like, whoever the underdog is, yeah. we're, we're playing it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, he's you. like, man, they're going to have to get up, like, 5 a.m., like, to start getting ready. And so, hey – no one wants to play football at 9 a.m. when you're in college. No, nobody wants to. So there's your slow start for game one. And then he had a noon game the next week. Just, just two early sleepy kickoffs. They got some, they got some, you know, nighttime action this past weekend, and he saw what happened. And this game's kicking off at 7:30 Eastern time. So we got a little 4:30 Pacific time kick. That's prime time for USC to come out and cover this spread. Easy. I mean, I don't, ha- I don't hate that reasoning. I'm not gonna lie. I don't hate that thought process. If I, I wasn't, feel, was, if I wasn't even in the heat of Pate's five and two record, I wouldn't be <laughs> taking risks like this. But I gotta find. I gotta find them. That's all right. UCLA and their losses. They, they've done two things. They've lost the time of possession battle, and they've committed turnovers. And so I think like a player of the game could be Barton. You're gonna have to help me with this name. You're really good with names. The safety for USC. Oh, Talanoa Hufanga. Talanoa Hufanga. Yeah, bless you. Awesome. That <laughs> yeah. guy's awesome. So I think he has a couple picks in this game. Um, he's, he's leading their team in tackles right now. So I think, yeah, I think he could be the player of this game to help kind of bust this game open and cover the spread. USC's also just a lot more talented than UCLA is. I mean, Barton, in your own team talent composite, USC is at 10, UCLA is at 31. That's a big gap between 10 and 31. So sure. three points here. I like it. You should add it to the card. When you, when, you, when you have time before Thursday. So, I'm, do you and I was going to say, do you and Bud go back and forth? Like, he's got the blue chip ratio. You've got the team talent composite. Is there like a rivalry there? Like, is one better than the other? 
Um, yeah, he's trying to he's trying to elbow his way in on uh, on, on talent indexes. Uh, his is a little bit more binary. You know, you're either in or you're out. Right. Talent composites is a little bit more of, uh, you know, you can kind of judge. Yeah, there's a little more fluidity to it. Judge movement a little bit. Judge trajectory a little bit. Um, he just sort of got his Mendoza line of good enough or not. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it was actually, it was good to, good to get the, the blue chip ratio in the 24-7 umbrella. I love it. I love that. And then the work y'all do with the transfer portal uh, info coming on there. Those transfer rankings were big. Um, mm-hmm. All that was great. But Hopefully more to come on that. We got, we got to flesh that out a little bit. We're still working on it. I was interested you know, on the podcast, one of them this week uh, or last week, um, you're talking about Texas, but you mentioned Texas and USC kind of in the same sense of head coaches and how they need to – that like they shouldn't if, if they don't have a top five head coach then they need to be firing that guy after three or four years every year or every every three or four years to get the right guy that was just kind of a different perspective I hadn't really thought about I mean they'll roll the helmets out and they'll play whoever but do you think do you think Helton's close to it I mean do you think if he loses any games this year he's going to be back I mean it seems like he's I mean he jumped out to that four and zero start uh and uh, they played four games right at four and Three, four and a, no. three, yeah, four and a, four and a. Um, yeah, yep. I mean, I feel like he's, I think he saved his job. I mean, it felt like it, it was, it wasn't going to be salvageable after those first couple of games, and I still don't think he's the answer. And the problem is, this is kind of, you can make a case that this is sort of the, the last hurrah this year. I know Drake uh, London is back, Keaton Slovis will be back. Um, but they're losing a lot of the dudes on defense. They're losing a lot of those other wide receivers. They're losing a couple of offensive linemen. Like the beginning, like the slide should really begin next year. And at that point, um, kind of the Clay Helton damage is done. So I like Clay Helton and everyone likes Clay Helton. I'm rooting for him. Uh, but I think that uh, I, I think USC can do better. Let's finish off with an ACC Coastal matchup. Coastal pod, got to talk Coastal. So we've got – specialty right here. <laughs> we've got Virginia Tech in Virginia. And Virginia Tech is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, a rivalry that they won – was it was it 15 straight before last year? Is that what it was, something crazy like That's what that? It was. Bronco and the Cavs, you know, broke that streak. Now they're underdogs in the road in Blacksburg. Daniel, who are you taking? Yeah, so <sighs> – this one I did put chaos principle. It's happening. West Virginia – or, excuse me, West Virginia. They're not playing this game. Virginia is going to win this game um, for the second year in a row. They – after that 15-year stretch, you know, I believe that those kind of uh, – these rivalries, these in-state rivalries, there's a lot that goes into it as far as mentality, all these kinds of things. But, I mean, Bronco Mendenhall is just so much better of a coach um, so that's what I'm kind of resting on. There's more players at Virginia Tech. This is at Virginia Tech. You know, on paper, I feel like Virginia Tech should win this game. They've played three quarterbacks, and they're all dudes, you know. Khalil Herbert has – I mean, I say dudes, but they all are competent players at this level. Um, Khalil Herbert has been, you know, godsend for this offense. 
And, you know, like you said last week, Jacob, he's averaging over eight yards a carry for most of this year. So um, definitely impressed with him. But there's just something about this game, man. I just I'm, – I'm on, I'm on Virginia because I feel like this – it's kind of like what Barton said earlier about the the spooky line with UCLA. It's kind of weird being one and a half, and it's not really there's no there's no conviction on either side. So if I'm gonna hitch my wagon to something, just give me the best coach, and that's Bronco. So uh, give me the 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 Cavs. I'm feeling you. Yeah, I like that. I um. I think if you again, this is one of those where if, I think if you dig in and look at the numbers and pop the hood, it's Virginia Tech is the better team um, on paper. But I don't trust Virginia Tech here. I trust Virginia. I think Virginia has got a little bit of a uh, uh, little bit something more to them. I think I'm not sure how much how invested Virginia Tech is at this point in the season. I think Barranco Mendenhall is a coaching upgrade, and I think that they'll figure some things out. Uh, and find a way to win. Uh, I, I like the culture over there a little bit better, so I'm going to bet on the culture. Last week, Barton, like, it's really great to have you on our show. And it was great to have Josh Pate on. And, and Daniel and I prepared because we're like, we're, we're not going to sound dumb in front of these guys. Like, you know, we know what we're talking about. So we're going to – Which we always prepare, but we just – We, we little, always prepare. But we, we were we just like – a little more, you yeah, know. Yeah, we, we can't sound dumb in front of these guys. And, man, Josh Pate made me feel dumb last week because here's what I did. I – I tried to go chaos principle a little bit just for a cover. And mm-hmm. I picked Virginia Tech plus 22 uh, against Clemson. Now, I also little laid little the points with Alabama, though. So, like, I didn't, you know, I'm not just picking it because it's a big line. And <laughs> Josh gave an analogy of, like, hey, you know, what if you went outside and your neighbor's newspapers were stacked up and the dogs looked a little hungry and – you kind of walk over closer and you, you smell something weird. Like, what does that tell you? And I'm like, oh, my neighbor's dead. And he's like, that, that's Virginia Tech right now. That's Justin Fuente over at Virginia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> and just made me feel like an idiot for picking them against a spread. And I'm hurt by that. So I'm picking Virginia. Uh, <laughs> Virginia has also won four straight. Virginia Tech has lost four straight. It's a one and a half point spread. And who do I trust in a close game? Justin Fuente or Bronco Mendenhall? Give me Virginia. Give me yes. the points. Virginia should be favored in this game. Like, is that the first uh, one we've all agreed on? No, we agreed so we've on had three. Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. And okay. oh no, 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 it was just two. No, Wisconsin. 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 Yeah, the Badgers. All right. All right. We call those trains, but Jacob hadn't been pressing the button. Oh, I haven't been hitting the button. I'll have um, to add it in. Yeah. I'll have to add it in. I have a little. I mean, I can. Here you go. There we go. There you go. That's, that's our version of a uh, of a, of a lock unity, you know. We don't, like have, it. A, we don't have Queen Latifah singing <laughs> or anything like that, and we don't have chips, you know. Excellent, you know. I mean, Jacob's great. Jacob does a great job, but you know, he's no chip. So. He's, not, he's not the musical genius. He's no is. chip underscore Patterson. Let me that's tell right. you that. That's all right, right. <laughs> <laughs> boys. We picked our seven games. Barton, best of luck to you, man. I mean, you know, Barton's got Missouri, Oklahoma, Navy, North Carolina, Wisconsin, UCLA. That one's definitely a loss. And then Virginia. So, I mean. I'm feeling incredibly uh, unconfident. Like, I don't <laughs> – I do not feel good about this. Uh, but I'm glad I did this because I was able to um, – this is my early prep. Yeah. Y'all, you guys will see, like – 
if you listen to Locks Pod uh, oh, Thursday, you can sort of you can see where I've changed my mind between now and then uh, because I think it's going to happen a couple times. Are any of these jumping out as a lock after talking about it? Uh, I I kind of like just the way things are trending with this Wisconsin Iowa game, maybe North Carolina Miami. I don't know. That's about it right now. I think if you're really brave, you'll throw UVA on that card. <laughs> I might, I might. That would definitely be the third one that I'm that I'm kind of eyeing. I mean, it was on Josh's Ramen Noodle Express earlier this week. So was it really? We'll was see. it? It, but he got it at two and a half. He got Virginia plus two and a half. So he, you know, he's very serious about when to get those numbers. So after that, I don't know if it's going to be worth it. The public money. The Joes, as you would have it, mm-hmm. have all gotten on it. So um, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it at this point, but definitely something to pay attention to. Barton, thanks so much for being on. We super appreciate it. And hey, be- best guess yet. I mean, be- better than Pate. <laughs> oh, best guest. Oh, well, hell, you know, I, here I am. I'm sitting here uh, in our 24 7 Slack room and I'm saying, uh, I added Pate and I told him I'm on the pod with Jacob and Daniel and he sends me a screenshot of an Apple iTunes review that says the title of which is Josh Pate greater than Barton Simmons. Now, I don't know if this is an imposter, but the, uh, the user is, goes by the name Jacob Carnes. So, with a K? With the a K. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I told Josh, I was like, man, if you, if you get Barton on here, I was like, I'll, I'll throw a funny review on your, uh, on, on your iTunes. See, I've already given cover three and Barton and Bud several five stars. I, I know I, you I, have. I've had some I questions just, answered. You, yes, you have, <laughs> you have been a loyal cover three guy. And so that is, uh, hey, I, I owed you this. I owed you this. So um, <laughs> glad to do it. You know, I hope I hope I delivered. Uh, I, I I guess the games will tell the story. We'll see the, we'll see what the record lands at the end of the weekend. Games will tell the story. You can follow Barton on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow Daniel on Twitter at Deep South Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes with a K. You can follow the page, our podcast page, on Instagram and Facebook at the Extra Point Pod. But that will do it for this edition of the Extra Point. He is Daniel. He is Barton. I am Jacob. See ya. You-